Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Gatecast, episode 195. This week we are back on Atlantis and we will be watching and discussing the episode The Intruder. We don't have Alan this week, but I do have a guest. Co-host. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Brad here from Australia. Go on, then. A co-host. <laughs> ah, too much responsibility. Yeah, that's quite right. How do you fancy editing this week? <laughs> <laughs> if it's in video format, I might be able to have a go, but I haven't got the audio stuff. I should put in a little sound effect of a door banging and feet running away. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, 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 the screech. Alan is still in the middle of arranging his move to Finland, so we're going to give him a night off recording. I think we'll do okay with the two of us. We've both watched the episode, we both know what's going on. Yep. Probably won't make too much of a mess of it. <laughs> He's hoping. <laughs> That's it, touch wood. Just say the word. Open the iris. And we have a little news and some birthdays upcoming. First off, early guest announcements for FedCon 2014 include Stargate actors Michael Shank, Suan Braun and Nicole DeBoer. The convention takes place in between May the 29th and June the 1st at the Maritime Hotel in Dusseldorf. The Asylum 12 convention at the Hilton Birmingham Hotel takes place between 16th of May and the 18th. It's provisionally announced that Amanda Tapping and Ty Olsen from the Stargate family will be attending. Collectomania 20, which takes place Friday the November 15th through to the 17th in Milton Keynes, will feature Robert Nepper and Connor Trenier amongst its extensive guest list. On the birthday front, Daniela Alonso will be celebrating on the 22nd. She played Katana Labre in the Atlantis episode The Lost Tribe and has appeared on Friday Night Lights and Revolution. Also on the 22nd, Jim Burns, who narrated the SGC documentary in the episode Heroes, has his birthday. He is better known for Highlander and Sanctuary, but also did voice work on Stargate Infinity. On the 24th, Erin Chambers has her birthday. She played Zora in three episodes of the Stargate Atlantis, has appeared on the US soaps General Hospital and The Young and the Wrestlers, as well as Medium and Bones. This week's promo is for The Anomaly Podcast, a highly entertaining monthly show dedicated to all things geek, from a feminine perspective, with a supplementary show to fill in the schedule, which offers its own unique style and subject matter. I can heartily recommend the podcast, entertaining and fun to listen to. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com. Must well jump straight into it? Yep. Okay then. With a small countdown. Three, two, one... Click. Previously on Stargate Atlantis. Oh, straight into uh, the previously. We've got the uh, battle sequence. Yeah, so let's get the CG out there right now. Yeah. <laughs> Reuse it. Uh, the Daedalus turns up. Rodney, we need the shield up in 40 seconds or we're dead. Okay, okay. <laughs> Biggest timeline ever. 
40 seconds, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, and then of that 40 seconds, you took about 35 seconds of complaining about it. They pretty much put in all the big CGI effects in the introduction, didn't they? Mm, that was a very nice one, the darts hit, and even the weapons fire hitting the city. He should be dead. I'd like to report for duty, ma'am. Dr. Becker released you? Who's for it? I assume that's him in the jumper? Shut it down! I, I can't! The jumper's in control! And that's the last time we'll see for this episode. Yep. <laughs> Quite right, John, maybe. That's right, he's out of the way now. We can forget him for a couple episodes. So it's a looking Starship, that is. Mm. Not 100% on the sound, though. I quite like the kind of rhythmic droning. Hmm. Not favoured by Star Wars, really, rather than uh, all the sci-fi shows. Yeah, true. But I suppose if Alan was here, he'd bring up the point that the sound in space. <laughs> Couldn't be able to hear it. Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, that is pointless discussion, really. <laughs> We're watching a TV show. <laughs> and then you get some TV shows that actually do that. Mm. Okay, John and Elizabeth. Mild flirting. There is always mild flirting. They would make a good match. Mm. Yeah, taking credit for his promotion. Please, your commander. <laughs> How you do it is entirely your business. <laughs> well, obviously, the people whose opinions matter the most thought otherwise. I'm not entirely sold on... The upper space effect in the background. Mm, on the window, yeah. What about you? Yeah, it looks a bit simplistic. It looks very close. The actual effect of travelling through hyperspace looks closer to what Babylon 5 did rather than Star Trek. It does actually look like you're travelling through some sort of alternate space rather than just moving fast in your own reality. I spent the past year wondering if I'd ever see Earth again, and as soon as I got there... Come on, John, you can't have everything in life. You've got to work for it. God, it was extremely convenient to be able to step through the gate and be at Stargate Command in an instant, and now this feels extremely inconvenient. I haven't spent 18 days cooped up in the ship to get back. Yeah, until we find another ZPM to power the Earth Cave, that's just the way it's going to have to be. Dr. Weir, Colonel Shepard, there's been an accident. And you're telling us why? <laughs> We're not in command. <laughs> We're just passengers. Hey, oh, he's dead, Jim. I'm sorry about that. Thought for a minute there, I was on space dock. That's Dr. Monroe. What happened? I don't know. But he's dead. Oh, so much for Dr. Monroe. <laughs> he's been had his hands in the cookie jar again. All black. Well, doesn't that set the scene nicely? A murder mystery in an enclosed location. All it needs to be a dark, stormy night. All right, then. The Intruder, Season 2, Episode 2 of Stargate Atlantis. Episode 195 of The Gatecast. The episode was directed by Peter DeLuise and written by Paul Mully and Joseph Malozzi. It was broadcast in the US July the 22nd, 2005. In the UK, October the 26th. I haven't found a date for Australia or Canada, but the French got it March the 4th, 2006, and Japan August the 8th, 2007. Oh. Yeah, there are a number of episodes from series of the same name. Gunsmoke, Switched at Birth, The Clangers, great UK puppet show. <laughs> Babar, Clueless, Falcon Crest, Juliet Bravo, and Flamingo Road. The DVD... Came out Region 1, March 6th, Region 2, February the 26th, and Region 4, November the 8th, 2007-2006, respectively. And we're back. Right, one, two, three. Carry on. Body bag. Yeah, we just happen to be carrying a few. You never know. I'm not 100% certain, but there are burn marks on his fingertips. We told him, but he wouldn't listen. The coffee was hot. And now the commander turns up. Yeah, I'm always the last to know. <laughs> I'll know more once I've had a chance to examine the body more thoroughly. I assume uh, Dr. Monroe was uh, one of the Atlantis replacement. Maybe uh, chain of command, they were. They should have been the first to know. Mm. Yeah, but he was wearing a flight suit, though. Always handy. Doesn't prevent crime, but sometimes <laughs> it solves it. Hope you weren't slacking on the job, soldier. We're watching you. Yeah, <laughs> feet up on the console. A bit like Homer in The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing bird on the console? That's why I died. <laughs> built water. I don't have to type yes, I can just put Y. Mm. I don't have to press enter every time. <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> There's not enough juice in those circuits to kill someone, at least not normally. What are you thinking? Well, it's possible there was some sort of isolated power surge in this section that would explain the lost camera, the malfunctioning door. So... When the door controls didn't respond, he took out the panel to bypass the circuits and received a fatal jolt. Well, like I said, it's possible. Well, that sounds like a bloody dangerous system, then. Uh, we drop out now. We risk being detected. That's true. I just think that if we'll we... will be were... back in Atlantis in less than two days. You can do your diagnostic then. 
one thing you notice going into season two here and season nine of Atlantis, a lot more handheld camera work. You can see the camera sort of bouncing around a little bit. Yeah. I'm guessing more so because they're standing in the middle of the group. Even later on in SG1, you can see in some of the briefing room scenes, the camera is definitely not fixed. And you see it a lot these days. I actually no problem with a steady cam or, you know, the camera, was it cinema verte mm. approach? But some scenes, there shouldn't be any camera movement at all. Mm. That's steady, yeah. and the coverage is was a slight horizontal movement, which is fine, but the camera actually moving, it, no reason for it. Mm. It's a nice use of the ship's bulkhead to give you the transition scene. We understand the international... This is where Elizabeth <laughs> has to do, do a diplomacy. Yep. Mm. The colonel is looking for a new job. Now that we have a ZPM, the city can support a much larger contingent. Of course, it's our feeling that a corresponding increase in military presence would also be prudent. Mm. I agree. Mm, which makes you wonder, he's given up his job as commander of Daedalus to command Atlantis. I suppose there's only one place you can go from there. Just a bit unusual, you know, command of starship, the most powerful weapons platform the Earth has ever built. That's a pretty decent job. And you can go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, granted, you're just going back and forth, but sooner or later, you know you're going to be in a battle. Well, that's it. It's only for the immediate future that you're doing these supply runs. Perhaps he would have got a bump promotion as well. Mm. Exactly, see eye to eye. In particular, there was an incident involving an alien nanovirus in which Major Shepard directly disobeyed one of your orders. He also saved a lot of lives that day. Well, Major's courage and ingenuity are not in question here. His ability to follow the proper chain of command is. I'm not military, General. But you are the leader of the expedition. You see, Doctor, from our point of view, Major Shepard's independent nature poses a bit of a problem. If he can disobey you, he may see fit to do the same to the new commander of the military contingent on Atlantis. Excuse me? And when did this happen? Of course, the decision hasn't been made yet. It's interesting. Something like this would have made an interesting clip show. They could have had a heap of clips in here. Yeah, like, well, like the episode Home, really, where mm. the, most of the command crew get back to Earth and we find out what happened. Mm. The washed-out colour of the scene doesn't do anybody any favours, does it? No. They all look a bit pale. Really brings up the facial features, too. A lot more wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that the military guys have reasonable haircut. Mm. I watched a B movie on Saturday, and the, I think it was a colonel in that. I'm not kidding, he looked like he'd just been a surfer and come out of the water. <laughs> no way is that a military cut. If an actor's not willing to have his hair cut for a B movie, then get somebody else. <laughs> yes, no shortage of actors that would take the role. For him, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. And as for his rank, well, if that's not good enough for you, you're just going to have to promote him. Doctor. I shouldn't have to remind you, gentlemen, but I continue to have the support of the president and our foreign allies. You don't want to fight me on this one. Ooh. Ooh. She put her foot down there. Nicely played, Elizabeth. You wearing a backpack? <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> wearing a backpack for <laughs> Gone hiking. Uh, the classic walk and talk. Mm. One thing they do do good with the steady cam. Yeah. The commentary, which was Peter DeLuise and Gary Jones. Comedy commentary, because you don't get any technical information from them, Peter. <laughs> they referred to this as the West Wing in space. <laughs> Lots of walking down corridors talking. One little thing they did reveal, when they practiced this, they were in it backwards. You know, they start at this position, where all the cameras are set up, on the mark, and they walk backwards doing the line, so they know where to start. <laughs> It's obvious in hindsight, but... Mm. Oh, right. Oh, this can take some getting used to. Is that the only evidence you have? No, something else. It looks like Dr. Monroe was in the process of enabling certain computer security protocols. They're designed to um, isolate and shut down uh, corrupted programs. What programs? Well, I don't know, that's just it. He was killed before he could finish. You're telling me there's a problem with the ship and someone killed Monroe to cover it up? That extra with the backpack must be doing circuits. She just went past again in the background. We start looking for somebody. They're there all the time. Bridges is Caldwell. Drops out of hyperspace immediately. Now I like that. As soon as he's given a good, genuine reason to come out to hyperspace, he does it straight away. Mm. <laughs> Hermiod, voiced by Trevor Deval. If I may be so bold, what exactly are we looking for? Any indication that someone's been tampering with the ship's computers? Perhaps you could be more specific. Not really, no. <laughs> what was that? 
<laughs> you know he said Nothing. something. Yep. Look, just check the major systems. Propulsion, navigation, life support. Look for anything out of the ordinary. Lindstrom and I'll check power distribution, see if we can figure out what caused the power spike. How's it coming, Randy? It's going to take a while. Don't stare. You hate it when people stare. Am I the only one who thinks it's strange? This work. Now, John us. has met aliens. Mm. Why should an Asgard be any different? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm watching you, sunshine. <laughs> uh, don't worry, John. When he has a bath, he wears a robe. <laughs> Just like Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck. Or no Donald Duck into it who wears a robe after he's had a bath. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Speed this up. You take the logs, and I'm going to take a look at junction box. This is Dr. Lindstrom, played by Kamani Ray Smith, actor and stuntman. He's been in uh, Battlestar, Smallville, Fringe. He's also been the stunt double 14 times on Atlantis, as well as working on 2012, Total Recall, and Continuum. Give me a second. Wait a minute. What? I think I got something here. For what? <laughs> Oh, I can't like that's venting. Another accident. They said that was CO2 being vented into the room. But even when they were filming, they had to be a little bit careful. Lindstrom! You alright? I would imagine if this was a postage, it'd be something like Alon. Mm. You really do want to put a fire out very, very quickly. Yes. I don't know, just sit tight. We're gonna need to shut down the leak and vent the room. You run into an airlock, you'd be perfectly safe in an airlock. Well, again, being a starship, you wouldn't think they'd be able to open inside door to get into there. That seems a little bit dangerous. Yeah, if an fire alarm goes off, which you assume that's why one of the... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? The airlock's opening! Override the system! Ronnie, help me! Lindstrom! Rodney! <laughs> Oh, that hand doesn't mm. look good, does it? No. <laughs> oh, help me. Nice why work. That's why you have a stuntman as an actor. Yep. Oh, look at that. Nice. Sci-fi eye candy. <laughs> We've got a tweet from Anne McCabe. Good episode. My favourite part is when Elizabeth puts Landry and Coldwell in their places. <laughs> Brilliant scene. Quite right. Yep. They know they can't touch her. John, over here. Mm. See watching. I assume this time we can definitely rule out random malfunctions. Lindstrom found something. He was trying to tell me what it was when the leak happened. What were you looking for? We were trying to trace the source of the power spike that killed Dr. Monroe. Who else knew what you were doing? Well, a lot of people knew we were running diagnostics, but no one knew we were in that particular room at that exact moment. Yes, it could be anybody. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's fair, there's looks like an equal amount of women and men in the crew. Mm. It's hard to tell because I think all the women have got ponytails. <laughs> it must be Coldwell's command decision. I like ponytails. Uh, there'll be more regulation. It's all going to be put up. Now, I can't believe it'd be one of our own people. Isn't it possible there's an intruder on board? Uh, we used the life science detector to do a head count. We didn't get any extra signals. Well, a hibernating race, they can avoid detection. We've seen that tactic before. Beam in, lay low, then look for the chance to conduct sabotage. Uh, that was on Atlantis. It's been at least two months since the ship encountered the Wraith. There's no way one of them could have stowed on board for that long. Oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah, to be fair, this is a much smaller area than uh, Atlantis. Right. Mm. As of this moment, I want all civilian personnel confined to their quarters. What? Prison company accepted, of course. Of course. <laughs> I suppose that's a reasonable decision to make. Mm. I mean, the crew have been on the ship longer than anybody else. If there is a saboteur on board, it's liable to be uh, one of the recent additions. Look at this. Four years relief work in the Sudan and Ethiopia, graduate studies at John Hopkins and Harvard, half a dozen research grants. Oh, and she also enjoys judo, horseback riding, origami, and something called base jumping. Would have made a good action scene later on the series to see someone base jump off the tower. Probably would, wouldn't it, mm. yeah. But all these people are more qualified than I am. How am I supposed to choose between them? Carson, you're my chief surgeon. No one is more qualified than you. It's always tricky, isn't it? <laughs> Finding new personnel. Oh, there's Peter DeLuise. His only cameo in this episode. <laughs> I was hoping you'd make the final selections. 
This is your short list? Ooh, this is gonna be awkward. Did you review the file of a Dr. Simon Wallace? Aye, he was also more qualified than I am. Why isn't he on the list? All the candidates were required to sign off on a blind commitment to a one-year term. Yes, but blind commitment. Yeah, he knows all about it mm. because he got there when uh, Elizabeth went to Atlantis. Yep, that's why he wants nothing to do with it. <laughs> Does that? Well, he hasn't signed. Gawain Sanford is playing Simon Wallace. He plays this character in three episodes. He also played Narin in three episodes of SG-1. And you can tell he's not that tall because he's got long hair. <laughs> Peter Deloise says, that's enough. <laughs> Honest, it is not Nareem. <laughs> On two weeks' notice. I have responsibilities here. I have patients. I have research. I know. I know. And I would never diminish the importance of your work. But you have to understand that every single person on this entire expedition is in the exact same situation. I mean, in fact, it's why they were chosen in the first place. I understand. I just need a little more time. He's appeared in MacGyver, Airwolf, Eureka and Supernatural. And strangely enough, in the film I watched this afternoon, Independence Disaster. <laughs> he was the vice president who went a bit mad, as they do. Mm -hmm. Dr. McKay, you were just in time. For what? What are you looking at? The sabotage we've been searching for. It's a virus. How perceptive of you. Always got to be careful when you walk up to the puppet and not tread on any of the three puppeteers who are lying on the floor. <laughs> not a person they're looking for. So it's spreading? Yes, and changing. What do you mean? It appears to be rewriting itself as it grows. It is unlike any human-engineered program I have ever encountered. What about non-human? Is it like anything you've encountered? I won't be there. What are you doing? I'm just checking something. I'm sure it is impossible. Crap. What did you do? What did you do? Not what did you find, what did you do? It's great. Oh, I have a rife translator. Crap, indeed. <laughs> nice. A Wraith computer virus. It was probably downloaded during our last little encounter. I'm not even going to question how... I know the Wraith are very intelligent. How they could create a virus that could live on a human starship. Well, especially considering that I signed the ship in one episode. Well, yeah, in the middle of a battle. Yeah, to learn the tech and be able to upload a virus. We did the same thing in Independence Day, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, but they use an apple. I can't <laughs> see the apples on the ship. <laughs> it's not the JJ universe. If they get their hands on the Daedalus... They'll not only have access to the intergalactic hyperdrive technology, but they'll have all the navigational data to lead them straight to Earth. That's what they wanted all along. A new feeding ground. This still doesn't explain who killed Dr. Monroe and Dr. Lindstrom. Figure it out. Mm. No doubt he doesn't watch sci-fi movies. No. Look, it's an AI, an artificial intelligence. It can think for itself, adapt itself to new situations. Protect itself. Exactly. It knew that Lindstrom and Monroe were going to expose it, so it got rid of them. Can it take over the whole ship? Well, not entirely. You have to remember that there are hundreds of individual computers on board. Uh, a lot of them are interconnected, so we tend to think of them as one big machine, but that's not really the case. Peter, in the commentary, getting a bit upset, you know, pointing out that this is very similar to uh, the SG-1 episode, The Entity, uh -huh. which he wrote, so he thought he should be suing Paul and Joseph for <laughs> ripping him off. And then, of course, he realised that he might be sued because he probably lifted the idea from somebody else. <laughs> yes, well, the whole Entity takeover has been used a bit. Yeah. They changed just enough so it wasn't the same. Mm. It wasn't a human being taken over, it was a ship. Colonel Caldwell, sir, we just began broadcasting a distress call. What are you talking about? It just came on by itself, sir. Shut it down. <laughs> That's never good. No. <laughs> I'm locked out, sir. It's the virus. This is what I mean by adapting itself to new situations. It doesn't have enough control yet to fly after the Wraith, so instead, it's calling the Wraith to us. And right now, we are sitting ducks. break. Uh, yes, I imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> That's Captain Mayers in, uh, I assume, the pilot seat, played by Heather Dawkson, Canadian actress. She's been in Fringe, Eureka, Battlestar, Smallville and The L Word. You won't be able to send messages, but uh, neither will the virus. Of course it won't work. It's only 20 minutes into the episode. <laughs> I try it now? Yes, that always works. Mm -hmm. Worth a try, isn't it, Rodney? It's no good, sir. We're still broadcasting. All right, that leaves us one choice. We need to do a full system shutdown. We'll wipe everything, reboot, low clean backups. Will that really work? 
Absolutely. I think. How long will it take? Well, it's not like the ship's got an on-off button. We'll need some time to prepare. Say, uh, an hour, maybe two? Every minute we wait, we increase our chances of being detected. We need to turn off the transmitter right now. Do you have an idea? As a matter of fact, I do. But you're not going to like it. Couldn't somebody just go onto the pool with a banner? <laughs> There's no time for a joyride. No. Do they really have to take a strafing run out of the ship? <laughs> In fact, couldn't the fighter just hover? Understood. All personnel prepare for impact? I'm sure there are easier ways to do that. I'm sure there's a fire access somewhere, sever the cable. Yeah. It's easier to fix later on when you need it. Some mighty fine shooting there, John. What's our status? Transmitter is offline. Distress signal has been disabled. Well done, Colonel. Return to the ship. With pleasure. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Suddenly realizing that the 302 shares the same operating system as the Daedalus. Mm. My controls aren't responding. Say again? Well, the Daedalus is behind me. Can't seem to turn around and... I am, however, picking up speed. <laughs> a long way home. <laughs> I should have seen this coming. Well, the navigational software in the F-302 is compatible with our sublight systems, which have been infected. The virus must have uploaded itself onto a ship. Yes, you should have. Rodney's been particularly slow this episode. Hmm. Thanks for that important bit of knowledge, Tilt. <laughs> John, this is Elizabeth. Rodney seems to think the virus has taken over your ship, so we're going to try to beam you out. Acknowledged. Stand by. Wait for it, though. Wait for it. If you've seen this episode, you know what's coming next. <laughs> Slight problem. What? The transport beam is tied to an Asgard sensor. It's what we use to lock onto targets. So? So, so that particular piece of equipment was located in the array that we just destroyed. Get <laughs> <laughs> cold, well, just oh jeez, scientist. That's what they used to do in the Prometheus before they had Asgard sensors. We better do it quick because in about three minutes it's going to be out of range. John, we've run into a slight snag. Rodney just has to make a few adjustments before we can get you out of there. Okay. Don't worry. I'm not about to give up on you just yet. It's rather impressive, though, you know, just locking on with a radio beam. The fighter's at, you know, full throttle, which I imagine it is. Mm. It must be hundreds, thousands of miles away. Here we go. Thanks. I appreciate you coming here in person, Colonel. Aiden and I were only cousins, but since he didn't have any brothers or sisters, we became very close. This is Laura, played by Lucia Walters. She only makes a one appearance in uh, Stargate in this episode. She's been in uh, Life Unexpected, Tin Man, Psych and The L Word. She was also a registered nurse before getting a, a modelling contract and then going into acting. Hmm. Sorry. This was probably easier to sell than John going to Aiden's grandparents, wasn't it? Yeah, it could have been done poorly. No doubt. It gives John the opportunity to offer comfort. <laughs> At least then they would have some closure. We're, we're not there yet. You know, Aiden mentioned you in that tape message he sent. He said you were a good man, that he trusted you with his life. You tell me, Colonel, was that trust misplaced? Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> I'm not that good. Little angel and devil on your shoulder. <laughs> Concentrate, John. John, are you still there? Go ahead. We're going to use your radio to target the transport beam. We'll have you out of there in just a minute. Sounds good, so I'm still in range, right? He's probably rather lucky that the uh, ship's computer hasn't decided to cut off life support. Well, yeah, there's that too. Or just pop the canopy. The virus already knows that the people are being a hindrance. Yeah. We're ready. I'm beaming him directly to the bridge. Now, this is fortunate that none of the momentum is transferred over. Hmm. <laughs> Flat on the windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the point, why is he standing? Yeah, that's a clever Asgard transport beam. Mm. Are you all right? Yeah. Two arms, ten fingers. Uh, check the rest later. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much the fight it costs, but yeah. it's probably 100 million, just bye-bye. <laughs> a little homage to 2001. Mm. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. No. Do you mind? 
This is what I do when I have problems with my laptop. I turn it off and then I turn it on again. I think this is a little bit more complicated than that. It isn't, Elizabeth. It isn't. It's on a page from the John Shepard book of computer repair. We're really desperate. Again, in the commentaries, they were on about when they introduced new technology like the transporter, they're always having to run rings around a story because it can solve so many things so easily. Hmm. Yeah, that was with the early Prometheus and that you need the homing beacon to be able to use it. Yeah. Then later they had the beacons implanted, but they'd be removed and have to try and ride around their own technology. Keep making traps for yourself. Mm. Like in the first season of Enterprise, when they introduced the transporter, it was a little crazy. Why don't you use it every episode? It'd come in so handy, but, well, it's not that safe, it's not that safe, but every time they used it, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I figured we won't have many more chances for a really good dinner. I mean, the food on Atlantis is all right, and some of the Athosian dishes are fantastic, but... Elizabeth... Come on, be a man, tell her. You're just bringing her along. I'm doing yoga. (laughs) I don't understand. Oh. You're the adventurer, not me. But I'm not. I mean, at least I wasn't, not before. The first time I stepped through that gate, I was terrified. I knew I wasn't prepared for what I was getting into. But I took a chance. I know. And I'm proud of you for that. Simon, we... There's something else. He's got no excuse. not as if she just disappeared. Mm. He knew where she'd gone. Or did he assume she was never coming back? Well, he wouldn't have known a time. It depends what clearance level he got. If he got told about Atlantis in The Rising... Gone for at least a year. Yeah, he probably met somebody while he was taking the dog for a walk, just to rub it in like... (laughs) (laughs) You were gone for a long time, Elizabeth. Sometimes they just aren't words to say. Either that or he really doesn't like the old-fashioned look that Elizabeth is wearing at the moment. I do like this little piano piece though. Very fitting. That's a reasonably fast reboot though. Hmm. Engine room, what's our status? All systems are functioning normally. No sign of the virus. Looks like it worked, Colonel. May I suggest we vacate this system? Our current position may well have been compromised. Can you give me hyperdrive? That will take longer to get back online. I can't get you sublight. Get us out of here, Major. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, in that case, then, sublight drive, you're not going to go very far, are you? Oh, you're not going to leave the system. <laughs> oh, you're not. You know, in uh, intergalactic terms, you haven't moved. Mm. Still well within sensor range of your last position. Navigational controls are not responding. Damn it! Engine room, what's happening? The virus. It's back. Now it's got full control of sublight navigation. You said all systems were clean. They were. When we did the reboot, there was no sign of the virus. <laughs> oh dear. Was it a mistake to plug this zip drive back in? <laughs> I want to put my music back on. <laughs> Oh, that's not good. We're on a collision course with the nearest star. This is where so many sci-fi shows fall down in judging distances. Mm. When they came out to hyperspace, they wouldn't have come out anywhere near a star because of the gravitational effects. Certainly not close enough that in sublight you could get there within anything less than a year. (laughs) Good to know. And it's going to crash us into a sun? Not exactly. A more precise calculation of our heading shows that we will not collide with the star but rather make a close approach near its coronasphere. The ship will survive, but the radiation will kill everyone on board. Except me, of course, <laughs> he says. Yes, I have an Asgard escape pod under me. <laughs> We're not stupid. So like, get away from you humans. I've seen you what you've done before. Yeah, either that or I made a backup of myself before I left. <laughs> there was a situation similar to this back at Stargate Command. I remember reading the report. An alien entity took control of the base computer. So they did a system shutdown to destroy it. It survived by uploading itself onto a mount. Okay, we don't have any mounts. No, we've got a bay full of F-302s. We already know the virus can upload itself onto the ship's navigational computers. But it could have used any one of those ships as a, as a hiding place while we wiped the deadless system clean. It's the only possible explanation. So? So, we physically pull the memory storage modules from the 302s. We do another shutdown. That should do the trick. Contact the bridge. Tell Codwell we're on the way to the bay now. Yes, and they ref that episode. There's a difference. Virus onto a mount, virus onto a fighter. A subtle difference, but means they don't have to pay him twice. <laughs> and Peter doesn't take a baseball bat to Paul or Joseph. And they don't have to find out who they sold the mount to so they can get it back to shoot it again. 
Oh, I like it. The, the computer, the virus watching them as they walk through the ship. It's a poorly placed camera, though, in between the two bulkheads. <laughs> you got a metre meter or two of viewing. You'd think you'd find as much space as you could. It's the virus. You must know what we're trying to do. How's that possible? Well, it's, it's thinking ahead, anticipating our moves like in a chess match. I hope you're good at chess. I don't get to play much. It's uh, tough finding challenging opponents. <laughs> Can't help himself, can he? Bridges is Shepard. Are there any open paths to the 302 bay? That's a negative, Colonel. Looks like the entire section's been sealed off. We tried to override it, but we're not having any luck. You're gonna have to beam us in. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Transport beam wasn't designed to beam from one point to another point inside the ship. We could end up rematerializing half inside a wall. Listening in, reading lips. Yes. Bridge, we're going to the cafeteria. Yes. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> okay, you're gonna use the Asgard transporter beam that run by the computer. Mm. <laughs> Colonel. Already. I'm pretty sure systems aren't that isolated. You're going splat into the windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> Protects his wound ball. Seriously. Okay, come on. Activating transport beam now. It could be aliens that could be looking to probe you somewhere totally different. <laughs> John really wants to be wearing a t shirt. I am not with this idiot. Yeah. Yeah, it's not I'm with stupid, it's his with me. <laughs> <laughs> nice matchup. Mmm. Also gives you a scale too, size-wise, like that's a big hanger and it's only one of them yeah. hanging off the side of the ship. Sir, the bay doors are opening. Bridge to engine room, beam them out now. I should really, really be dead right now. I don't feel dead. Colonel Shepard, Dr. McKay, can you hear me? Yeah, we're reading you. I have raised the fighter bay shield in order to prevent the atmosphere from escaping. However, the virus has invaded the system and it is only a matter of time before it gains control. Therefore, I suggest you complete your task as quickly as possible. There you go. <laughs> no, wasn't even any point running, was there really? <laughs> We're still alive. Yes, don't stand there. <laughs> and there's a single mock-up of the cockpit they've got. Yep. In and out, in and out. <laughs> Who put the fluffy duck in that one? <laughs> well, if you look, they've got photos and whatnot. They're mm. all taken from the crew on the day of shooting. You know, make each cockpit look a bit unique. Yeah. Colonel Shepard, how's it coming? We're getting there! The first one was Peter DeLuise's wife. And yeah, there's no reason why pilots wouldn't have a photo of a loved one or something in the cockpit. But they probably wouldn't leave them in the cockpit. But again, they're on the ship, they're not going anywhere. True. Sir, the shield is down. Cargo bay is decompressing. Colonel Shepard, come in. Colonel Shepard, do you read me? Silence. Tension. <laughs> Colonel Shepard, you read. This is Shepard. We're okay. We managed to get in the last F-302 before we lost atmosphere. <laughs> We're still alive. Any chance you can beam us out? Sorry, John, we lost the transport beam. You're gonna have to sit still for a while. We pulled all the memory units. Another shutdown should work. Understood. Sir. I see it. Engine room, this is bridge. We don't have a lot of time before we approach lethal radiation levels. Most of the shutdown protocols are still in place from our first attempt. This will only take a few minutes. Let's hope we have a few minutes. <laughs> you know, I've never actually been inside one of these before today. It's a little, uh, uh cramped, huh? Just relax, Rodney. We're safe for the moment. Right. We'll keep shutting down until it do does work. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> we'll get rid of it or we'll lose a heap of data one way or the other. <laughs> Was it? Did you ever watch the show Defying Gravity? No, I haven't. The computer tech on there, busy protecting his uh, porn stash. <laughs> terabytes and terabytes pornographer. <laughs> you will not touch that. Anything but that. Well, some of it can be expensive. <laughs> that would have been great if they'd gone in the different positions if Rodney had been in pilot seat and John in the back. I'd have to rely on Rodney to fly it. <laughs> <laughs> I say, we, we have seen it was the hybrid, wasn't it? That had dual controls. Hmm. You would assume the rear would have some uh, level of flight control. I mean, that's only sensible. Yeah, especially since the flight controls are remote. Digital. Not, yeah. How hard is it just to plug another joystick on the side of the wall? Yeah. <laughs> Did it work? We will know momentarily. This is Shepard. What just happened? Stand by. We're trying to figure that out. I'm sorry, sir. We had navigational controls for a second, but we just lost them again. Okay, she's definitely getting bigger. Yep. But I would still say a long way away. It didn't work. We're still on course for the coronavirus. 
Uh, again, not sure what he said. I'm pretty sure I'd have to bleep it. Mm. No. I'm guessing it's filmed without the windows in it again. They would have been put in CG later. Yeah. Sounds daft, don't it? But it probably you know, solved so many problems not having the reflection. Mm. Oh, nice. And then you get the uh, 302 behind it. It underlines uh, the difference in the types of intelligence of the two men. Mm. Rodney, much more intelligent than Shepard, but something so simple as this just didn't occur to him. It's the last F-302, Rodney, the one we left behind, it's tracking us. That makes sense, but we can't go after it. We have no computer assisted navigation. We don't need a navigation computer to fly this thing. Besides, we're not going far. <laughs> John, more practical, more experienced. Engine room, this is Shepard. Prepare to initiate another shutdown on my command. John, what are you doing? Getting ready to the last place the virus can hide. Wait, 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 wait. I haven't got my belt. Why was the door closed? That's a good point. <laughs> Did the virus shut it? Because it mm. failed. I'm not letting you go anywhere. Oh, it should have shut it and kept it closed. Yeah, probably, yeah. Blow his way up. Here we go. What is that beeping? Somebody just locked on to us. Hold on. Human pilot versus computer control. Okay, I'm not sure why you've got to do all the uh, spins. You're not in atmosphere or anything. <laughs> and you're match maneuvered ability, so you're not going to... Anything you can do, we can do better. Oh. What happened to inertial dampers? These speeds are going to feel the tight turns even with the dampers. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> that was always a question, how good are inertial dampers in uh, sci-fi starships? Mm. I have them on my screens. The computer-controlled ship is preparing to fire. We're just going to tap on the brakes here. It looks like somebody's playing the old uh, Defenders arcade game. <laughs> <laughs> Down the brake. <laughs> Again, though, wouldn't you have momentum? There's no, there's no drag, no drag to stop all of a sudden. That perfect in the atmosphere. Mm. Any point in mentioning that we have even less protection in this ship than we did in the Deadlifts? Not really. I don't think so. Radiation levels in the Colonel's ship are beginning to rise. Is it just me? Or is it getting a little hotter in here? Hold on, let's go. Now they're getting closer. And this, I expect, is just the inexperience of the virus at uh, aerial combat. Mm. What happened? They're approaching the coronasphere. There is too much interference. Because it's an analog signal, not a digital one. <laughs> Should have just been there and gone, not gone fuzzy. You can just imagine the uh, 10,000 watt light just off camera now. Mm. I'd be throwing off a lot of heat too. Don't blink, guys, don't blink. Silenced again. How long can they survive those radiation levels? I believe it has already been too long. John, can you read me? Putting them through it this week. Mm. Rodney, come in. Daedalus, this is Shepard. Target is destroyed. I repeat, target is destroyed. If you try one more shutdown, I think it might just work. Well done, both of you. You had us a little worried there for a minute. Sorry about that. This is Caldwell. We'll rendezvous as soon as we've eradicated the virus once and for all. Roger that. Shepard out. I wonder what Caldwell was thinking. Hmm. <laughs> a vacancy. Yep. <laughs> you did great back there, Rodney. Want to take the stick? Really? No. <laughs> you didn't throw up. Nope. <laughs> Seriously. Give him a fly. He's not going to hit anything. <laughs> yeah. A tree came out of nowhere. <laughs> I assume from this shot that as soon as the Daedalus came into range of a Stargate, everybody gated to the city. Mm. There's no reason to be on that level if they've come in via the landing bay, the landing pad on the pier. Mm. Dr. Weir, Dr. McKay, Dr. Beckett, welcome back. And Lieutenant Colonel Shepard, congratulations. Thank you. Anything happened while we were gone? There has been no sign of the Wraith. It would appear that they continue to believe that Atlantis has been destroyed. This is uh, one long shot. Beautifully done. Happily uneventful. No, not exactly. My nose is peeling. I, do you have a moisturizer? Yes, Rodney. Oh, we, should, we should get that. Yes, Rodney. 
Any word from your off-world contacts? We have received several intelligence reports. However, as of yet, there is no news of Lieutenant Ford. I'd like to read those reports, if you don't mind. I thought you might. I prepared you this copy. But I trust you. you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what he's saying. Yep. <laughs> Go to his quarters now with a bowl of popcorn and read the reports. Oh, well, we got here. That's what counts. You know, if I were some of the standard extras, just wearing the uh, blue jumpers and tan pants, I'd be rather disappointed. Mm. Dr. Weir. Dr. Weir, I'm glad you're back. Elizabeth's outfit still doesn't fit her. No. <laughs> Taylor just manages to squeeze into hers. Yeah, I swear it's painted on sometimes. <laughs> you must not wait. Dr. Weir has only just arrived. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I... No, it's fine. Really. Let's get back to work. That's a lot more rooms to find. Mm. Oh well. Pretty much everything back to normal. As normal as a, as a, as Atlanta <laughs> as Atlanta could get. Oh, that flew by. I yeah. enjoyed that. I don't know if you'd call it a continuation from Siege Free Parter or. It'd be a standalone. It sort of, I suppose, it stands alone between that and what we get next. Like I say, if, if it had been more of a two-part uh, dealing with the crew's return, but again, perhaps because they did kind of cover that in home, even if it was all make-believe, mm. they probably decided not to do it again. Could have been drawn out. It was certainly a fun episode, though. Mm. Hermoid, hermoid, hemorrhoid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were thinking when they wrote his name. Like, I remember when they when he was announced that there was going to be an Asgard on the Daedalus. Way back when, I remember a lot of people were, really, his name's Hemorrhoid? <laughs> Just because they'd seen his name written and not heard anyone pronounce it. Hermiod. <laughs> I assume must be reference to it in Norse mythology. Seems like a familiar word. Yeah. I'd say making him a little bit irritable and sarcastic was an absolute masterstroke. Mm. How many times in every sci-fi show do we see one alien species or another and they're all the same? Yeah. There's no variety to them. <laughs> Bit of prosthetic here and some makeup there. Yeah, they all seem to act in a, in a similar fashion, whereas here we get a right miserable god. <laughs> I wonder why. Did he get? Did Thor assign him there because he didn't like him or something? <laughs> Was he piled on Loki's ship or? Did he sleep with his sister? <laughs> I'll get rid of you. Yep. <laughs> You'll work with the humans for a couple of years, see how you like it. Yep. You'll learn your place. A <laughs> <laughs> few little bits and bobs. I think I mentioned that the... Extinguishers used were CO2. They did have problems, obviously, when you dump a few hundred pounds of CO2 gas into the atmosphere. It does cause a lack of oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> when they cast Mitch Pelleggi as a Coldwell, they looked at it as having a, a bigger, badder ship, so they needed a bigger, badder captain. That's from Peter DeLuise himself. Yep. And on the sets, the cafeteria, the engine room, and the power distribution room, they're all the same set, just redress. I was going to say, it looks like a big set, but no, it's just one room. I say they do work wonders, and when you know when they've got the shooting schedule down, Pat, they know we can shoot there. We'll go and shoot over in the next stage. You redress that. Mm. We'll be back in six hours. No problem, more sorted. Well, you see some of those long shots when they're doing the walk down the corridor, like you can see back through a couple of rooms behind, and gives yeah. that illusion that it's a lot bigger set than what it actually is. Peter and Gary, who did the commentary, they do tend to go for the off-topic and they end up talking about anything. It's always a fun listen. Mm. You don't learn much about the episode itself, but you do get entertained. The first five minutes talking about what did they do with all the the potty water and the space poop on the (laughs) Daedalus. And the use of poop filters. Oh, poop filters. It's not jettisoned. Oh, yes. The Wraith Hangina. (laughs) I know. A pair of them when they're together. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We don't have any voicemails this week, but last week's show, Avalon Part 2, did generate a little conversation on the Facebook group. Gate Tech Alpha 6 posted, The middle of a great three-parter. Again, a lot crammed in, but it fits together well. And Valor being burnt alive is very graphic, and shows more than you think they would. It would bring back some horrid memories for burn victims. Brad Moore replied, Yeah, Valor's death was cringeworthy, but a strong start to the season. Christina Hamsworth? The one good thing Sky did was cut that scene. You still know she's being burned, but you don't see it. I replied, I don't recall if it was cut on the original broadcast, but obviously a daytime broadcast edit makes sense. Christine replied, Yes, it was, as it was transmitted before 9pm the first time I saw it was on the DVDs, and nearly died. 
Thomas Shop replied, it's a very powerful and touching scene for sure. And Brad finished off, I love the look of the Ori transporter rings, very smooth and sleek, similar to designs we see later. Also on the Facebook group, GateTech Alpha 6 started up two good threads dealing with the design of the Prometheus and her sister ships, and a piece on the Season 1 episode The Torment of Tantalus, both worth checking out. As often said, we enjoyed conversing with all the fans of Stargate and our own show via the various media options. Twitter, once more, has proven to be the most popular method, but lacks the depth email, voicemail, Facebook and Google Plus can provide. But it's all Stargate, so it's all good. The list of episodes we're covering over the next few months is on the Gatecast website, basically SGA Season 2 and and SG1 Season 9. And if you want to join us, then get in touch, and we'll do our best to arrange a day and time that suits everybody. Contacting us is easy, and here are the ways. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using the generic Stargate, or more specifically Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular, and you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website, gatecast.co.uk, which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together. Okay then, folks, that was The Intruder. And for the third time, although this will be the only time you hear it, that was a good episode, wasn't it, Brad? Yes, very enjoyable. (laughs) What's next week's episode, Brad? Next week's Origin. And who's going to be with us? Me! (laughs) (laughs) That's it, folks. Believe it or not, it took us three goes to get that right. Mm. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you join us for next week, then, for Origin. Until then, I've been Mike. And I've been Brad. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. See you later. You've been listening to The Gatecast hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever.